And welcome, everyone, to another Between Two Wheels podcast episode. I am your host, Tyler Yonke, episode 173. And what's going on in today's show? Today's show, we talk about is cycling a cult? The Semper Poro expedition. Netflix watching uh, Spanish cycling. Is it a thing now? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Some world tour news, some things that make you go, hmm, some snitching on bicyclists. We'll talk about that. And who is leading? the very individual South Canal time trial series all coming up. Stay tuned, we've got a packed show. And we are back everybody. I hope everyone is doing fine. I hope you're getting some time to get out to the beach. No, I guess that's not, uh, and that's not allowed. So we're, we're basically confined in here. We're going to talk about some cycling. Uh, we, last week we talked to uh, Jason Griffith, the very individual time trial, South Canal time trial series. Um, I thought that went pretty well. And uh, there's some interesting things that came about from there. And one of those is uh, we, Tyler can't time trial or can he? So we'll talk about that. We're going to look at um, last week's very individual private canal time trial and what took place from there. Uh, we went over the results on that. I thought I'd just throw up here uh, real quickly. Maybe we can look at um, what the what the actual route was last week. It was a short one kilometer, 0.64 miles. Uh, the, the actual Matt, Matthew Axford actually got the KOM after the, the whole situation. I don't know how he accomplished that, if he did that with someone else, but he put in a minute eight on the time, getting that there, and, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, how would he do on the actual time trial? So this next week, we had a little bit of a different uh, situation. It was going to be a, a, the last week was a power only, then this week we were going to do more than power. We're going to do actually a six mile time trial. And with the six mile time trial, um, you had to do a few things. There's, as you can see in here, there's a few bumps going in there. There's a, a little kick up, uh, partial, I don't know, about a third of the way through. There's three kickers. And then from there on, um, it just kind of was more of a slog. And some people went out. I looked at the results. Jason Griffith went out early in the morning. He put up like a 15 and a half minute time and not too big of a time as far as you kind of had to do Mercs only. Not too big of a um, actual, uh, what do you want to say? speed he wasn't doing a great uh, turn of speed out there and i think he might have hit some wind so i show up out there i don't know one o'clock or so i rode from my house rode out there got a good warm-up and then proceeded to put this down and i, I was feeling really good i did miss time in a, just a tad bit where my clock said the six miles was up and i was pushing kind of peaking for that spot but it was up the road a little way so i had like four tenths of a mile still had to go and I put up a 14.12. At the time, there was another 14.12, so I kind of pegged that guy. But by the time I got home, um, Chris Flower, who I saw out there when I was riding, he had put up a 13, I want to say 49 or so. And then Jason Griffith decided to come back out, brave the, the, the cooler non-wind environment, and put up himself a 13, I want to say 13.39. Um, and then Rich Hufford, I think, put in a 1340. So it was Rich Hufford, or, or Jason Griffith at a 1339. Rich Hufford at a 1340. I want to say Chris Flower, 1342, perhaps, 1349. And then uh, Dorso, myself, tied for fourth at 1412. 
uh, and a few other guys mixed in there. So it was it was a good like it was six miles. Um, it was interesting to see. It's so interesting to see the power differentials. I mean, I did like I think I think it was like running around on my power uh, training peaks like 330, 330 watts average for that. You know, the guys are putting up much higher numbers than that, but they're, you know, a little bigger guys. I'm not the biggest. John John Novikov, I beat him by, what, six seconds? <laughs> Amazingly so. I don't know how that happened. Um, so he's got, uh, he should be a little embarrassed, John Novikov, that is, and a few others, that I was able to uh, put up a time anywhere near the top of that. And I think we had a good participation, somewhere in 60 or so. So a lot of good guys coming out there. Uh, the KOM for that segment actually is Jason Griffith at 11 minutes and 21 seconds. I doubt that was solo because that's somewhere around close to 30 miles an hour. Now it depends on the wind. So, you know, we were checking the wind. The wind was coming this way. It was coming that way. And when I rode it, I was like, okay, it feels like a little bit of headwind kind of coming from the right. But then when I'm riding back, I'm like, well, this feels like a headwind as well. So uh, it was interesting. I think next week, I'm trying to make a decision, but I think we're going to go the opposite direction. So you're going to actually go from the south up to the north. That would have been a good good weather wind situation for us on this one. But um, this next week, it's going to be turned around a little bit. So uh, I don't know. Jason's like, maybe we'll do a full out and, out, out and back. I don't, I don't really care. I, I did enjoy doing a... Um, uh, Merck style uh, time trial on this. Partly, I don't get in the best position on my time trial bike, so it just feels a little bit better. And so, with that said, um, maybe maybe there's a little bit more of advantage for me on that. And I could also pound up those little climbs. So next week, though, um, is a power test. I think it's three kilometers. A little bit of a power test for everyone, similar to like we had the last week. Look, people, I, I've seen now out in other places, some other people, not because they initially saw this, but um, Ron Chavak mentioned that there's something in Belgium that he's out there doing. Uh, I think somewhere in the Bay and then um, Reno area, they're, they're doing a few of these things. So uh, interesting and um, I, I, I'm all for it. Get outside, go do some riding. I think that's the best thing for you, no matter what your authorities are telling you. Yes, am I a scofflaw? Maybe. Um, but some looks like to me, some of the best things you can do is actually get out and ride your bike. You know, I don't know if you need to be in groups. Um, should we, should we talk about that? I've seen online where some people were out doing some group riding and, um, some people decided to call them out, uh, not only just social shame them, list them out, calling out their Strava, uh, eh, who's, who's up for that? Who's uh who's not up for that? Uh, not a big fan myself, but you know, hey, if you wanna you wanna do that, um, I guess more power to you. Kind of says something about who you are. If you're if you're, is it a snitch? Uh, possibly. Um, it's weird to me that people feel it necessary. I know I know this has gone on throughout history. You know, there's rules in place. People need to be reported. Uh, Anne Frank wrote a whole book about it, didn't she? Don about people snitching on people like that. Um, Maybe, maybe I'm a little too extreme. Uh, so be it. Um, I'm I'm a little bit more into what I would say is voluntarism, and uh, people doing what they want to do when they want to do it. Uh, so the South Canal time trial we have next one coming up is next week, next Thursday. What's that like fifth or so? Uh, maybe it's the seventh. I don't know. No, it can't be fifth or so. Um, so that'll be interesting to see uh, how that one goes, which way and direction we're going to go. And it, for me, it will be interesting to see if I'm anywhere near um, road as good as I did this last week because my legs felt uh, great. They felt fantastic. I was able to hammer. I don't usually do that in time trials. So um, it was uh, it was uh, something that for me was um, kind of, I don't know about unexpected, 
but it was definitely a, a unique experience for me. All right, so um, some of you out there, you may know the Semper Poro team, and there was a blog post by this gentleman, Jack Newald. I don't know if that's exactly who it is, but he looks like he comes from the Midwest, and he had some experience with some of these Semper Poro riders. Um, the link went out, and then it was kind of removed. I got a link, kind of a, an archived web cache link on it, and uh, the title of the uh, the article is somewhat interesting. It's um, bike racing killed me or tried to kill me. The strange story of Semper Poro. So what's what's uh, kind of fascinating about that is that look this. Semper Poro, uh, mostly Southern California. They've got um, Jason Polson, who rides in the Bay Area. He's a young sprinter. He's been with them. They had a few other riders. They had, uh, we go through, kind of list out some of the, the, the guys here by name. And this is um, Z- Zavalov. He did well, I think, at Chico a few years ago. The whole team did well at Chico a few years ago. Uh, as a Jason Polson. Um, Corey Lockwood, I think that's who was, was is it Corey? I think so. Uh, Lockwood uh, was with them. He was, uh, he's a very good time trialer. And then he ended up winning uh, U.S. Nationals and kind of their, their main thing. But they, they have some interesting, so like uh, this article is very interesting. And if someone has some personal knowledge, maybe um, has a connection with Justin uh, Paulson, you'd like to have me contact contact me and would like to be in charge i know there's someone else out there matt perhaps had a connection maybe we'd like to do a discussion about this um it's found it somewhat look i i've I've got a a few problems with this it lists a lot of these people this this writer i think he's a cat one out in the in the midwest of wisconsin area he seems to know what he's talking about but part of the problem you see this is there's a lot of context there's a lot of details in the story and there's no quotes of this person said this, this person said this. It's just, hey, Jason and this per- and this other writer were living in this guy's uh, roof or attic and this person was doing this and this guy did this and this. Not, no one is quoted. I mean, there's some things about the domestic violence that it sounds like he might have got a police report, perfectly fine. And as an attorney, I'm just a little bit skeptical all the time. It doesn't mean I don't believe that this story happened. I mean, there's definitely a lot of it here near you. You're like, yeah, it sounds, sounds uh, pretty legit. Uh, but... I always am concerned about um, reading a story that has this lovely narrative, uh, Phil Guyman, and there's nothing that backs it up. Or when you look into it further, you're like, are you making this up? I mean, it's really, really easy to just write something and say, uh, and not quote anybody, and then um, you know have a, have a wonderful story, but uh, nothing backing it up. So someone asks, well, is this, is this a libel situation where you, know, you can be uh, d- defamation? Um, look, the, one of the greatest defenses to libel is truth. So if you're, you know, out here publishing, uh, and look, I did a defamation thing about Phil Guyman, and what did it was there a defamation that he actually has a suit or that um, uh, Cancellara may have had against him? It's very tough to to prove that kind of thing. But uh, the point is that you have to publish it to a third party. So here it is, published online. And do we actually have a possibility for libel? Libel being the written word, slander being the spoken word. So in this case, it would be libel. It's written up there, unless you wanted me to read it out here, and then we can have that. But the problem you have is, like I said, if, if it comes out and then you go to court over this and you're able to bring those people in and they're saying, yep, this is what happened. Yep, this is what happened. Well, then 
and you've got uh, the truth. Truth is a great defense to all of that. But what what were some of the situations you had here? Well, you have this coach. He's got a, a unique idea in unconventional training, unconventional uh, writing positions uh, for these people. Um, and one thing I noticed there's some young guys. Cycling is unique, not maybe not unique, because you had a, a very a much more sorted situation with uh, Olympics um, and uh, gymnasts a few years ago, uh, where the coach was basically molesting these young girls, and he takes them into his care. You know, it's an amazing trainer, and they're getting you know world um, competition, and um, then he's molesting them. That's a it's a horrible situation. Now, they didn't say you know that these uh, cyclists are being molested, but it's definitely a situation where you are having these riders with not much of anything. You know, there's they're they don't really have a prospect for cycling as far as career. They're kind of in that low bottom totem pole for pro and they don't really get paid anything. So they're willing to glom on to some hope and you've got some weird training plans. These guys are willing to take this, this, this idea. But one of the things they had them do here, which is totally against public policy, but it would be um, they have the athletes sign a lifetime contract um, must be 18 to 19 or current professional ProPath, which was the guy's company, athletes signed a lifetime contract with Semperporo required to move to North San Diego County. Okay, then there's a lot of just in stuff with, he has weird nutritional advice, his life coaching, He and then they say they want to compare it to that of a cult. One thing you do notice here is a very big lack of parental slash other adult involvement in these kids' lives, or I'm not saying that these kids don't have it, but there's nothing mentioned in here. Talks about Jason Paulson, 17 at the time, you know, getting this kind of this contract and moving down in San Diego and racing for this team. And then they withdraw him from, um, you know, kind of a life in general and take his social media away, his phone away and all these little things that they do. There's, if that's happening to my kid, no, that's, that's not happening to my kid. One, I'm the way I've brought my kids up, but Two, and, and look, that's not a hit on Jason and uh, Justin at all. That's just, um, then you've got a problem of why are these parents not involved? I mean, if that's once again happening with my kid, I'm going to be down there and involved and having some conversation. A little bit different though. I mean, if you're a parent and you don't really know about the cycling world and, you know, look, one of your aspects of, you're almost proud of your lock, lack of weight and how skinny you can be. That's probably unhealthy in most situations. Um, but when it comes to cycling, you know, it's different. So a parent may not really understand, look, what, don't you want to bulk up for, you know, football? And No, I'm into cycling. And then you want to get thin and you don't want any upper body, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a different aspect if you're not really part of that. So members, uh, they were encouraged or required to live and socialize with other group members. It was all this big time, you know, down in the, in the one thing, Lockwood, I guess um, they, he didn't want to, the, his girlfriend was being coached by uh, the same guy, Italia. And then uh, Paulson wasn't allowed to date certain people. The, I mean, they were, they were going over his, who he can date because it was all specific and, 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 you know, control by their, now, do I think it was a cult? Eh, I, I don't really think so. I think you, you're taking a lot of agency away from each of these writers. I mean, uh, Lockwood ended up quitting the team uh, after this incident in, uh, in uh, at the Cascade Classic and where it looked like maybe he had wrecked out part of the, the, the field, being upset, and then the team didn't back him up. There's some weirdness there. Uh, if you've ever watched these guy, this guy's videos online too, uh, I subscribe to the their YouTube account. Pretty good videos, a little strange. You know, he came across as, as pretty, you know, interesting. One of the really weird things was some of the, 
Um, and, and all of this, once again, it's, it's one-sided. It's, you know, there's a quote here as an example. Um, uh, Italia used body work as a blanket term for manual therapy he would perform on his athletes, mainly chiropractic and massage. Both require a license in San Diego. Italia wasn't licensed in either. He would perform deep tissue massages and deep tissue massage his athletes, which consisted of high pressure massage using his elbow on their muscles. Italia told his athletes this type of massage would be, quote, the most painful thing you will ever experience in your life. Well, how did you get that quote? And also just because he's not licensed, I'm sorry. I know licensing is a big deal to a lot of people. It means that suddenly that person is qualified beyond repute. Um, I give massages to my, my kids, my family, my wife, especially my dad, you know, I, you, you can be talented and do good something like this, cut hair, what have you without a special license. Um, but you know, if you, as an example, practice law without a license, you can be, uh, you know, I did, I've, I've read this one guy, he's now an attorney, but he was in prison. Okay. And while he was in prison, he started to write uh, briefs for other, you know, he was a, he was a, a prison a, attorney, so to speak. He'd start helping other people write briefs, um, helping them with their cases. He, we had no uh, law experience. He had no education in it, but he wrote one that was so exceptional. It actually got um, quoted up with the, uh, went in the writs with um, the Supreme Court. So now the guy ends up getting out of prison, whatever, da, 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 and he ends up getting a law license and he's a very exceptional uh, attorney. So, you know, he supposedly practiced law without a license at that point, but it doesn't mean you can't be talented. My point is simply because you don't have a, uh, an, a, a license to massage, you don't have a license to be a coaching business or whatever, doesn't mean you aren't it's, you know, th th there's something nefarious going on. With that said, um, he was at one point, um, Polson was frequent recipient of body work. And in a video, Italia claimed his muscles were made of garbage. That's uh, Jason, Justin's that is, from eating fast food as a child. On one occasion, he caused a contusion to Polson's leg, making it difficult for him to walk, pedal the bike. The injury took days to heal, but Italia called it progress since he was helping him revamp the muscle. Um, okay, so that to me is pretty egregious and probably not something that uh, could be an accidental thing. Um, I'm not trying to give him the benefit of the doubt necessarily, but um, it, look, the point of all this is I'd like a little bit, once again, the next next few um, things here uh, in the con, uh, there's there's just quotes all over the place, but it doesn't, doesn't say what this is in, in reference to. Italia didn't make any of his athletes do anything. He would just frame every decision as, quote, this is what you'll do if you're serious, unquote. Athletes who didn't obey his suggestions would not be given his revered training tools. Yeah, uh, once again, a quote, da, da 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 not really that. I don't think, I think this article is a little over the top on calling him a cult leader. He ends up at later on having a, <laughs> a dual, really, he has an open marriage and his girlfriend's kind of part of a problem too. Um, one of the kids is living with the girlfriend, she has a dog business. They're supposed to be helping. I mean, they're just kind of using these cyclists as slaves in a sense. Um, but once again, I think you have a problem with agency. Each, you know, these are adult kids or adult, uh, you know, males. Uh, they can do what they want. Um, but then the same respect, they're, they're falling down the, the guidelines of this coach and coach starts having success and it breeds to all this stuff. Semperporal, it looks like it's no longer, um, it's, he ended up abusing his girlfriend. There was a domestic violence thing there, maybe even the wife. Um, he seems like he's a troublemaker. Uh, why does cycling get these kind? You had 
the guy it's just uh, we we what was the um rock racing i mean that guy was a ball he was a bit of a nut job you've got um tinkoff he's a bit of a nut job um i, I don't know i'm not necessarily saying that they're all kind of these cult leader types but for the for the main point um some, some weirdness in here anyway i would i would maybe suggest i'll maybe i'll link to this cached article here and you can take a look at it for yourself it's pretty good once again it's just giving you an idea hey here's this but maybe take a look at it yourself and um, if someone out there has a connection with one of these guys maybe i'd like to uh, give them a thing uh, rumor has it justin polson is going to be going with butcher box butcher box by the way a great source during these coronavirus stay-at-home times delivering meat directly to your door we subscribe and um, i'm not suggesting you do because if you do uh, we maybe won't have the opportunities to um, you know, continue getting the food ourselves. How about in the world tour? Look, the world tour, you've got, um, I, I don't know what's going on with uh, the cycling world as far as the Tour de France. Now, um, evidently it's still on, it's not on. Is it gonna start in January in Australia, maybe? I don't know. Um, what's, all, what's the news? What, let's just go and read the news together and see if we have anything exciting on cycling news. Cycling news, Cavendish Row, complete Everest. <laughs> Enough with the, uh, the the Zwift stuff. Piccoli to climb Mount Royal for 12 hours in support of COVID-19. Okay, that's uh, like he just got that contract with the Israel Cycling Nation. Um, Sam Bennett with no racing, the whole structure will fall apart. Yeah, that's probably true. Reese describes Brailsford as selfish and puts trust in the UCI. Way to go. That's uh, that's exactly one of the guys that you would expect to um, kind of be a, a douche about this, I suspect, because uh, really, re uh, I'm, I'm like, Brailsford could be completely be selfish, but is he is he a drug cheat like, <laughs> like you, Reese? I don't know. Alberto Contador dismisses predictions of mass world tour team wipeout. I don't know why you would dismiss that. I mean, if, um, you know, companies are struggling to make uh, their own, you know, let alone uh, make it in, the, in on their own, let alone trying to sponsor a team. That doesn't necessarily see that, you know, things are going to change. Um, what else we got here? CCC team riders fight back against proposed pay cuts. Well, okay, that's that's going to be tough because as of right now, you're going to have teams that don't have any money. And if you don't take any pay cuts, um, I know it's going to be tough for you guys, but uh, you guys are riders, but if you don't have any kind of pay cuts and some give and take, um, maybe a problem. Giro d'Italia history, Indrain on the, doing the Tour de, you know, yeah. Um, Indrain won the Giro one year and he won the Tour the same year. That was pretty impressive. Just a little picture here. You've got first place in the Tour de France, uh, uh, Miguel Indrain. Um, you have uh, Tony Rominger and, um, I'm trying to, Jalaska, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he was, uh, I think he was pretty much uh, one and done. Uh, and you can probably say he got there by suspicious circumstances. I'm trying to remember his name. We'll do a little feature on him. And then lastly, uh, tributes flood in for Pat Malik on social media. Pat Malik, um, writer, um, he was uh, for Cycling News, met him um, at Tour of California. Didn't really say much to him, said hi. Uh, he was kind of an older codger guy, kind of walking around there. Um, he evidently passed away. I looked earlier and I could not find what the cause of death. I do follow him on Twitter. And just recently he had been out for bike rides and no clue as to what, uh, what or why. Uh, but, uh, you know, too bad. Uh, sorry to hear about it. Rowan Dennis, 
Um, what else do we got here? Oh, so let me, I just thought I would talk now real quickly and then we'll, we'll head out here just a, a quick conversation um, and um, podcast episode. But I have started watching the Netflix documentary about the movie star team. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is, but it's, it's an amazingly well shot video footage. So far I'm like two or three episodes in. I think it's only got six or seven episodes. Uh, they're only like 25 minutes or so. Uh, and it is exceptional footage. Now, the tough part is, as someone who only speaks English, it's on, um, you're trying to watch it, and it's this amazing footage, slow-mo, bike, and then this and that, and then, you know, riders and um, interesting shots, you know, the crowds and, and just amazing stuff you'd see, you'd expect on a bike race uh, m- movie type of documentary. Uh, but then you're trying to listen to what they're saying and they come, you know, it's got uh, subtitles. So you've got to kind of read the subtitles and then all of a sudden, pause it and kind of look at what you're <laughs> this amazing footage. So that's a little bit distracting. Um, and it's also just, you know, if you don't know, if you're just trying to get involved in cycling, um, it could be a little bit much because it, the way it jumps around, it starts the season talking with, uh, Alejandro Valverde and wins you know, that he has the uh, rainbow Jersey because it follows them from uh, 2019 uh, season. And then it jumps around. It talks about Nairo, and then it goes to the Tour of Colombia, and also boom, they go to the end, uh, the Vuelta with the Val, uh, Val, Alejandra Valverde winning a stage at the at the Vuelta, and then boom, they're going back to an early season race. Now it's Carapaz in the Giro, and then they do follow Carapaz in the Junior and in the Giro, and it's also interesting to see some of the dynamics and the, the mentality of the different riders that want a shot because they have too many leaders. So even in the Giro, you have, they go in there with Mikel Landa. He's the key guy, but suddenly Carapaz outdoes him by like 20 seconds in the uh, the prologue. And then Mikel Landa kind of comes back and Carapaz has a bike thing. And then uh, Landa has a bike issue. Then Carapaz takes up off the road. They're supposed to be waiting for Landa. And then he wins a stage. Um, a little bit of chaos and that's what you have. And it's interesting to see kind of the dynamics that we've seen at all. The, and I'm be interesting to see as this progresses to get to the end of the season and especially the Vuelta. And if they, um, they follow through with the Vuelta and all the backstabbing and craziness that goes on there. Um, there are some interesting comments by Landa where I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but you can just immediately already tell. Well, first of all, you can tell too, he is, he and Carapaz both seem to be a bit fragile, but especially Landa. Landa seems to be, I mean, you've got to just kind of massage him the whole time. He's just kind of always worried and down and negative. And oh, I was just thinking, talk about it. Um, maybe that's why you're always seeing problems with Landa, an amazing rider, but maybe one that's uh, maybe a little bit too much of a problem with trying to, to get through with everything. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, 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 I'll finish that off and then get back to everyone, see how it is. So I don't know if everyone's getting out and riding. I've been able to get out and ride. Like I said, we're doing this time trial series. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Jason Griffith, for that. I would check into last week's episode to see <laughs> to see if you, can, um, you want to check that out. Um, a little bit of details of what we're doing here in Sacramento. And maybe for you, you might want to also just do something similar in your own place. Otherwise... This is Tyler Yonke, Between Two Wheels Podcast, 173rd episode. Check us out anywhere you can find podcasts, Between Two Wheels on um, YouTube, Between Two Wheels on uh, Facebook. Join the conversation. And as always, thank you for joining Tyler Yonke, Between Two Wheels Podcast. Until next time.